Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. What a load of pit. Brought to you by Nick Pitt and Selk Grassroots Podcast. Discussing the ups and downs of Premier League football and anything else that's going on. Grassroots football with a little bit of mental health chucked in the mixer. Enjoy. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. We're back. I'm back. What a load of pit is brought to you by Selk Podcast and myself, Nick Pitt. Here we go again. Uh, if you've missed me, I'm grateful. Uh, the first ever episode of What a Load of Pit with myself. Um, off the back of the Saturday Manager podcast uh, with my time at Farnborough OBG. I've now left, left Farnborough after eight years. Great times um, I had at the club and I wish the club all the best for the very future. I now find myself with newly formed club Chelsfield FC. Finished fourth at the end of the season. Not bad for your first season, um, but pre-season will be underway as of next week and the wheels are in motion for a good season up and coming. So first of all, I'd like to thank Mr Andrew Wheaton for letting me have my own platform uh, to let me carry on doing what I enjoy doing had some great feedback from the Saturday Manager podcast so hopefully we can continue that into uh, into this podcast so uh, what a load of pit is basically um, what we're going to look to do is we're going to have some generic uh, football chat chucked in uh, along with some grassroots conversations with a little bit of mental health thrown in as well which if you know me personally you know that I'm heavily involved with 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 that side of things so that's what it'd be about um we will have weekly guests or d- depending on how we how we get on um we'll leave this show will either be a weekly or a two weekly thing but as i said weekly or two weekly guests from all different all different backgrounds of football um we've got some ex-pros lined up we've got some non-league current stars lined up and we've just we've got some grassroots guys who want to come on uh, and say their bit so that's that's it basically in a nutshell and um and let's get on with it right so our first guest on the podcast very first show episode one is mr dan owens dan how are you who are you tell us a bit about yourself yeah um pleasure to be on air i think we've uh we've spoke a few times over the last last six or seven months about me coming on so i'm i'm buzzing to finally be on um as as you know, I'm I'm manager, well founder actually, founder of Men for Mind, a charity based football club in Northamptonshire, fa- uh, founded to raise money for mental health charities. Yeah. So predominantly uh, Mind BLMK, which is the Bedfordshire, Luton, and Milton Keynes branch of Mind, but also National Mind and Rotherham and Barnsley Mind, uh, just because of how our our squad's situated. Yeah. Um, before that, I managed Yardy Gobian for two years, which is how I met yourself. That's how we. That's our, that's our exactly. That's how year. we. That's how we cross paths. And 
and um, actually got a bit of business out of you, didn't I? Yes, yeah, you've done our graphics for the season, <laughs> done a great job with the graphics, yeah, helped me out a lot with with the videos we produced, uh, talking about mental health, obviously the graphics we used to that, which were massive, and um, your little piece about yourself and the Mike Memorial campaign. Yeah. Within our, our latest video we did at Yardley was, was a lovely touch as well. So, obviously listeners are going to be sort of saying, okay, as we've just touched on, first of all, this is a a, a London-produced podcast, and all of a sudden we're, we're talking to someone from the complete arsehole end of the other side of the world. Um, <laughs> but as you say, yeah, it, it was a graphics thing, and I enjoyed doing the graphics for you guys, and it's good to see that you've now moved on and you've started your own thing, which is really fresh and really nice to see. Um, the Euros... You yes. went. You went to the Euros, and I, I, for one of the days, I think I was your personal um, tour guide for for London, wasn't I? <laughs> Tell us a bit yeah. about your experience at the Euros. How was that? Um, unbelievable. Um, I was in Germany. Oh, I was in Germany. I was in London three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched it at a sports bar near the ground from the Germany game. That was unbelievable. Just being in and around London the yeah. day of a Germany game the, the buzz was, was second to none um, then back in London for the Denmark game obviously I had tickets um, being after not being at a game for for like 18 months I think the last game I went to before that was Northampton away at Burton in the FA Cup so oh. that was November oh. the year before so yeah. about 18 months going from away at Burton to yeah England semi-final to the Wembley, Euros, yes, yeah. was, was unbelievable. Yeah, a bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit, um, yeah. And then obviously in and around London for the final, but that didn't quite go to plan. Gutting. I mean, how gutting was that? Yeah, horrible. Um, I couldn't. I can't really put it into words. I think the worst part about it is actually now three of the lads that we were in London with at the weekend have tested positive, so we're now all isolating. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, <laughs> that, As you that weekend could really have gone much worse. Welcome to London. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get into um, let's get into what we're here to talk about. So let's let's kick off with something that um, that will we will be widely spoken about. Sorry, Premier League up and coming Premier League. Obviously, Man City stormed it last year. Um, what, what do we think? Do we think for the same for the coming season? Mate, I, I I've lost you. Like. Oh, sorry, I said it again. So, um, cut it out. Manchester City um, last season stormed the Premier League, absolutely obliterated yeah. it. Will they do the same this year? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think obviously, obviously you've got the transfer window coming up. Chelsea linked with with Haaland, but I, I can't see that happening. Then obviously you have the City links with with Grealish and Kane. Yeah. For me, I think if if City got Kane, that's the Premier League over for two or three years. I think that side being as good as it is, adding in a, a world class number nine, which they've kind of missed in the last couple of years with yeah. with Aguero's fitness, yeah. that they would they would be unstoppable. Um, I do think that I don't think they'll win it. I think United will be back up there again. I think Sancho's a good sign, and you keep seeing those really strong links to Varane. And then maybe maybe a holding midfielder as well puts them in contention, but I can't I can't look past City. I think United are looking at Renato Sanchez as well, aren't they? After his performance during the Euros. So, yeah, he's obviously a really weird one. It's a strange right? one. 
really young, really young signed for Bayern, and then it just kind of ended up on loan at Swansea and yeah. struggled at Swansea, and then yeah. rejuvenated during the Euros. And yeah, yeah looked looked fast. So, so off the back of that, then um, Harry Kane is he going to leave and is he going to go to uh, City? Sorry, or where is he going to go? I. Again, weirdly, I can't, I couldn't see him anywhere but one of the two Manchester clubs. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, however, now now United have spent seventy odd million on Sancho. I can't see them then spending a hundred million on Kane. So uh, it kind of puts it in City's basket. I mean, I thought that I've got to be honest. I thought the whole Sancho talk was just talk. I got to be honest. I thought it was just all talk, and and uh, and then they got him. Um, and I really, I, I kind of think that. At the time, Kane was a better fit for um, United. But now, I mean, if if you're at City and if you are Jesus and Ferran Torres, you're kind of going, well, you need to look at me. Do you know what I mean? So without them going out and trying to get Kane or, or, or somebody else. But do you think that move abroad maybe is not on the on the cards? Do you think he's going to stay in the Premier League? I don't see it happening. Um, he's got so many records to try and break in the Premier League. I think his point is if he got, goes elsewhere. He's got Shearer's Premier League record, and if he stays in England, he beats it. Yeah, uh, 100%. Totally, completely agree. Um, okay. Grassroots football. Do you. Uh, what is. How important is it to the. Uh, today's modern society, the way the game is played? How important is grassroots football? Massive. I think. England, England posted a graphic, I think, just before, just before one of the games in the Euros, talking about um, players that come like directly from academies. But you had a lot of players that built up through, through grassroots. You even look as, you even extend it up to non-league. You look yeah. at players like, like Tyrone Mings, Vardy, Smalling that that had played non-league more recently. Um, yeah, gr- grassroots football is massive. It's it's the heartbeat of the country, and it's kind of what makes it such a shame that grassroots football is probably so so underfunded. I think it's important. Um, it's, it's so important that I mean, we see a lot of work down here um, with local sides, such as I mean, Crystal Palace are quite a big one. They do a lot with the community. I mean, Charlton Athletic, they're my team. They do a lot with the community as well. Are there any sort of local teams to you? those pro clubs that you know that do that sort of work with on the grassroots side? Um, being being biased, I know Northampton do a lot of community work purely because I think they were they were voted one of the best EFL community clubs. But apart from that, like I think I just genuinely think, you know, oh, grassroots football is is dying and it's struggling. Yeah. I think the the best way to look at it is obviously Saturday League football in yeah. which I've I've managed for four years that's obviously bottom tier of the pyramid, but that level of football is year on year struggling more and more. I think for the last like four years, the league system that we play in have more teams drop out than they do join. And I think I think that sums it up. Yeah. Right, let's talk... Um, so briefly in the intro, I spoke about mental health and obviously knowing what you do for mental health and what I've done and what I do for mental health. Um See, uh, CSM London, uh, you were previously on um, another grassroots uh, podcast, uh, Just Talk, or hashtag Just yes. Talk, that's right, yeah? Okay. Um, yeah. If I mean, if it's totally off script, so if, if you feel comfortable, talk to us a little bit about um, your previous 
struggles that you may have had on and off the pitch um, because we know we've all had them um, and it's it makes a man to be able to sit and speak to somebody about the issues that people have had um, and it was quite quite a good listen actually to um, to your interview with, with Rob. So tell us a little bit about how that interview went and a little bit how you felt about opening up about those struggles. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I really, I really can't stress enough, and it's what I've, I mentioned it on the National National Affinity Cup podcast with those guys a while ago, and again with with Rob on the Just Talk podcast about the importance of opening up and the difference it made to my life uh, when I probably wasn't my lowest a couple of years ago. The difference it made just beginning to open up and beginning to talk and beginning to have those conversations. And the difference in terms of the place I'm in now mm-hmm. as a direct comparison to, to the place I was probably in when I was, well, probably between 14 up to 18, 19. Right. And it genuinely it come from just finally deciding one day that, okay, I've kind of, I'm clearly not right. This, this clearly isn't how uh, a, a bloke my age or a boy my age at the time should feel something, yeah. something needs to change. Yeah to speak up and, and that change happened I mean it takes quite a lot such a young age as well to to admit that you know potentially there are issues with yourself whether that be the way you think about things or the way you act about certain things or whatever it might be so bringing that bringing us now to date you, you've found uh, Men for Mind FC uh, after leaving Yardley tell us about the players are they are they were the players drafted in based on what their beliefs, or was it just, oh, my mate started a football team, we're going to have a kick about of him? How was that all cast together? How how was that all done? Uh, a real mixture. Um, some some people that have asked to join are people that have played for me at Yardley, so mm-hmm. have been involved in the the charity fundraising we did at Yardley. Yeah. Away from that, it was some players that I managed before that at Pottersbury who had yeah. seen like the community work we did at Yardley and thought you know what I actually quite like that and then further afield are my mates or my brothers who I've never actually got a chance to play with because of the age difference between us but are my mates and my brothers that have decided that, that, that actually this is a great opportunity I think because there's a lot more people in the world now that are kind of wanting to talk about mental health and kind of wanting to make that difference and wanting to be involved in it so for a lot of people to have the chance, if they see someone, someone presenting them an opportunity to get involved with something that's going to make a difference, I make make no bones about it. I genuinely think that after the work we did at Yardley, the money we raised at Yardley, the awareness we raised at Yardley, I think we can take that to a completely different level now. What's the um, what's the reaction been in terms of? Because um, obviously, when I saw, obviously, we spoke about potentially some graphics later on down the line. But what's the actual um, what's the uh, response been to to putting this all together and um, from from friends and family? And how is that? How have you taken that? How has that all been? It's been great. I've had a lot of people, a lot of people speak to me, um, like people I went to school with, people I know, just saying like they see the work, they see on social media what I'm doing, what mm-hmm. we're doing, um, how much of a difference it could make. We see, obviously. Um, and then obviously having the opportunity to talk on talk on podcasts kind of highlighting that further but yeah, yeah already, already you see people people notice what we're doing 
um, even within kind of individual friendship groups, my friendship groups, further afield into to players' friendship groups, people are already taking notice. They're already seeing the Twitter, the Facebook, the, the highlights on YouTube now. Yeah. They're seeing those differences we're making, and that that's ultimately why our new sponsor decided to get involved. The, yeah. the sponsor, which I confirmed on social media yesterday, yeah. is a, a gent I know called Jono, who used to play for, for Pottersbury years ago, and then has played for essentially one of our rivals at Silverstone for, yeah. for the last few years, saw the work we were doing, and he started a brand new construction company and thought, actually, I'm quite eager to put my brand name alongside that. What's the um, what's the name of the construction company? <coughs> Might as well get it out there now. Uh, JCB Construction. J- typical builder's name, JCB Construction. <laughs> <laughs> Decent. I, I mean, look, as soon as when I saw it, it... it, it it just it gave off a vibe like because obviously you're a guy that know you know what you're doing you've been in those sorts of situations before you're a guy that's been through it all to start this up and have such a good response and I mean what's your what's the squad size looking like already? Uh, we've got there's thirty five of us. No, speaks for itself. I mean, if, if you yeah, can, I mean, if it's, you can... it's great. It's, it's like that squad is split between there's like eight or nine players that live up in Barnsley, a yeah. friendship group of mine up in Barnsley and then the rest are kind of split between Milton Keynes and Northampton so the original plan was to play a game probably once a month as fundraisers but because we've got such a big squad even though a lot of lads play Saturday or Sunday league because we've got such a big squad we'll be able to play more regularly because you play Saturdays you miss half a squad you play Sundays you miss half a squad but we're always what it seems like we're going to have enough players to to play with but Right, so just to finish off with Dan, uh, firstly as well, thanks for coming on. I know it, it's it's difficult to pin people down, um, but thanks, you know, thanks for taking the time to to come on. What um your favourite footballing moment ever, and why? Give us a reason for that moment. Um, genuinely, probably difficult probably England Denmark. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think just to watch to watch my country play in a in a major semi final to win. I think for me as well, it's always it's always country over club. It's, yeah. it's never been different. I've never like that whole I'm going to upset a few people there by the whole scouts not English thing. It Do you know what? Me. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that. When when I went I went to the semi finals and walking up the Wembley staircase. You know, the first thing I saw was four, four geezers standing with an England flag with the Millwall badge in the middle. No one likes us. And they're all shouting and screaming. And I thought, for fuck's sake. And that's exactly what you've just said there. Um, country over your club. And I just thought, already, you've got these fucking Millwall fans that are making it all about themselves. And it was like... Yeah, but that was just that was just how I saw it. I mean, But you're, yeah, exactly what you said there. Exactly right. But So England-Denmark is your greatest moment ever. I think so like it's a major semi-final to actually be in the ground as well yeah um, to experience that moment it was quite I, a game yeah I, I don't think I can think of anything that tops it how were you when Harry Kane missed that penalty <sighs> a wreck yeah so um, was I I was luckily obviously it was the rebound was, was quite soon so your emotions didn't have too long to to, to stew to take peace but Exactly, yeah. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. Dan, you've been a brilliant guest. Thanks for coming on, mate, and I'll speak to you soon.
Cheers, Nick. Cheers, take, care, mate. take care. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.